All right, welcome back to the Just Browsing Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your co-host, Zach, here with Matt again, and today is the space episode. Space. <laughs> Matt and I decided that one of the topics we would like to discuss on this podcast is space, and naturally, knowing literally nothing about it other than what we read on the internet, we decided we would uh, host an entire podcast about it. Well, I think, you know, obviously we've used movies as a lot of references, and so I think we're going to bring in some movies as you know, realistic possibilities as a reference and, and yeah. So what we're going to do is half of this is going to be like cool space stuff. We pulled off the internet and our favorite space movies. So I don't know how you want to kick us off. If you want to just start with one of the movies and we'll kind of relate it to some of the facts that we pulled off. I mean, what I think. So I'll, I'll just list the four movies that, I want to use. So in terms of, I guess, time, Apollo 13 is one of my all-time favorite space movies. One, it's based on a true story. Sure, the movie is a little bit, you know, more dramatic than what happened in real life, but any space accident is dramatic. Space accidents, you don't come back from normally. You know, that's the one spot in... You can't even say this world because you're not... Uh, on the world or, or around the world. But like, so, so Apollo 13 to me is a fascinating story. So, I haven't seen this one in a really long time. I was just looking it up just to remind myself, but that's the one Tom Hanks is in. Tom Hanks is in by it. Ron yeah. Howard. And Kevin Bacon. And so Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton, Kevin Bacon, Gary Sinise, Ed Harris. Damn. That's a lot of great actors in that. I haven't seen this one in a really long time. Came out in 1995. That's I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's one of those like, you know, it's it's one of those things that we know more about our, you know, the 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 known galaxy than we do about our own oceans, which is one a terrifying fact. That's a terrifying prospect. Because for we've sure. only been, you know, we've been in space for the last what, 60 years. We've been on yeah. Earth for the what, last 3000 years, you know, at least in regards to dated history. Yeah. Um, not saying 3,000 years ago we had submarines and could explore the no, oceans. No, yeah, I, I, but I know what you're saying. Like, in terms of exploring the oceans or space, that has only been like a, blip, a tiny blip in human history that yeah. we've been able to do that. And it's, it, it really is when you hear that fact of like, we know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the deepest part of our own oceans. Yeah. I think that's what freaks me out more. Like we were talking a little bit before the podcast started about how our oceans scare me more than space does. And I feel like it should be the other way around, but if for whatever reason it's not, it's just because deep in like the deepest parts of our ocean where you can't see anything, where it's so dark, like the sun, it's so deep. The sun can't even penetrate the water down that far. And it's just pitch black. I think I would rather be in a tiny capsule in space than a tiny capsule at the bottom in, in that part of the ocean, because in my imagination, like what's sitting right outside the window for oh, me yeah. is like this terrifying monster. It, but when in space, like you could actually, you, could, you can see you can for see the it, most part outside, right. like what's happening. But I think it's just my imagination gets the best of me. And like it just places well, like these terrifying monsters out there, which are most likely not even there. But it's just not being able to see them is the worst But that's the thing, part. like we don't know if they are there or not there. Yeah. And, and I think that's where it can become more like terrifying is there's new sea species that are found every single day by fishermen oh, yeah, that time. are 
you know, and, and they're not even in some of the deepest parts of the ocean. Yeah. They're in deep parts, but they're not like. Yeah, they'll just pull shit out of the ocean sometimes, and they'll just be like, "We don't know what this is." Right, <laughs> and, and then everyone's like, "Oh, it's a new species of fish," and they're like, "Oh, it's super venomous," or they're like, "Oh, that thing spontaneously combusts in water, so it's just like a live explosive fish." Yeah, and you're like, "Well, wait, what?" And they're like, "We don't know anything about it, though." Yeah, and that's the scariest part is like even the scientists who's like that's their job. And the biologists and stuff to catalog this stuff and name it and study it. They're like, we've never seen that. Right. Well, and then we have like the Hubble telescope in space, though, that's looking off into distant galaxies billions of years away. Yeah. To me, billions. that's less scary. I don't know why, but it's like I would rather – I would just rather take my chances on a spacecraft like hundreds of thousands of light years away than go down to the bottom of the ocean. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I just would rather do that. I, I would rather do that it's something too. about my psyche. I don't know. I think I would much rather, you know – I think it would be cool, one, when you're at the bottom of the ocean, you just see darkness. Yeah. When you're going to space, you're you can seeing a lot of crazy see. shit. And it's beautiful. And it seems like it'd be serene and beautiful. Yeah. Well, you like, you know, you leave out of the Earth's atmosphere and you can literally see how big our, how vast. our, our world yeah. is. And, I mean, for all you flat earthers out there, maybe you need to schedule a trip to space because the Earth ain't flat. Dude, we got to do. Would you? Here's a question for you. So, you know, um, Richard Branson with Virgin Galactic? Mm hmm. I don't know where they're at with this, but a couple years ago, I read that they were planning on becoming the first company to do these commercialized space flights yeah. where you basically get on like half plane, half rocket ship and you, they take you up into the upper atmosphere and you're like kind of in space, but not all the way in space. Right. You're like, I thought it was like 60,000 feet. So you're like yeah. double the normal it's like, flying out. It's like whatever height they have to get to, to where you experience weightlessness like you do in space. Right. And it only lasts for a few minutes, but you can literally look down on the earth and see like the curvature of the earth and look off into space. And you read a bunch of these astronauts who have gone up into space and come back. And a lot of what they say is like being up there and looking down on our planet from space and seeing like how beautiful, but like how small and like delicate our planet is just gives you, when you come back, you have this totally different outlook on life. And I, I really want, to experience that at some point. I don't know if I'm ever going to be lucky enough or rich enough to do that, but I think that would be one of the coolest feelings ever to just come down and, and like, I feel like it would be, you would come back down here and be like, you know, the shit that we get so worked up about down here doesn't matter. I think that's what they're trying to say is like, once well, you're up there, you're like, this all seems so insignificant once you see it from like the bird's right. eye view, you know? That's what I find so cool about it. I mean, I would love to go to space. If someone offered me a chance to go to space tomorrow, depending on what I have to do in space, like if they're like, hey, you're going to space and you're never coming back, I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm going to hesitate a little bit. Hey. All right, so does anyone want a five-month-old dog? She's a mixed breed, you know, beautiful-looking dog. Real, Good at interrupting podcasts. Real pain in the butt, but you know I love her. No. So going back to if I would go to space, right. yes, in a heartbeat. I would go tomorrow. But I do hesitate a little bit just because, you know, you're, you're truly going into the unknown. Would you – so you would do the Virgin Galactic flight of, like, the seeing the space for, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever it is. Would you volunteer to be on one of the first missions to go colonize Mars if they said – 
Matt, we can get you there with the materials for you to set up, you know, with, with 20 or 50 other people, whatever, to set up this colony. But we can't come get you. It's a one-way trip. You're going to live on Mars for the rest of your life. I think I would have to be at a point in my life where I'd never see my family again. Like, yeah. you know, either all my family's dead, yeah. which obviously no one wants. Yeah. Because hopefully It'd be by hard to have any attachments to Earth. No. And... And then people are like, well, why wouldn't your whole family go? I'm like, well, the whole point of colonizing is not to have the same bloodline, you know. Well, there's 50 people from the same family out of 75 of us, so slim pickings for them. Yeah. But good pickings for us. Because I was reading, I, I want to look up this dude, like years ago, I think we were still in high school. I was driving around listening to the radio, and they were interviewing this guy who was, it was like late at night, they're doing like this long form interview. And this guy was like an older astronaut, and he was going through the trials with NASA to be on one of the first colonization missions to Mars. And what was kind of crazy, and what I wanted to bring up too, is like, they don't just let, I mean, maybe at some point it will be to where it's just like any rich person or any person who's smart or whatever or brings value, they'll just take. But right now, you basically have to be a, a superhuman. You have to be like one of the smartest people on the planet and also like incredibly physically fit. Oh, yeah. So astronauts are like these superhuman people. Like they have well, to, a lot they of have them have are Air all, Force. Yeah, they have to have all of the gifts that you could have as yeah. a human being to be chosen to go on that mission. Because oh, yeah. they need someone up there who is not only incredibly smart and quick on their feet and able to solve problems, but also can physically survive such a trip. So this guy that was doing the interview was talking about how... Now, he was in, like... I don't know how old this guy was. 60s, maybe even, like, like late 60s. And he was saying the frustrating part for him is he was trying to now pass the physical requirements to make this trip to go to Mars. But what he was saying was, when he was younger, like 20 or 30 years ago, he was trying to do the same thing, and they said he didn't have enough degrees in such and such field or whatever, and he wasn't as qualified academically as they needed him to be. So what he did is he went back to school, got all the degrees. He ended up with like PhDs in like multiple fields or whatever, like super genius. And then by the time he did all that, he came back and they're like, well, now you're a little too old physically. Now we don't want to take you. And so he was like, what the fuck? Like this was his dream for his whole life as he wanted to do this. And it was just insane listening to this guy tell this story because he was talking about it was going to be a one way trip to Mars. I mean, it's like they don't coming back. They're going to get you up there, but that's it. You're staying forever. Like, you can't come back. They can't come get you and come back before you're dead. Like, we'll have that technology at some point, but you're going to be long gone by the time that happens. Well, and that, like, that would bring me into... It's crazy. My, my next space movie would be The Martian. Yeah, okay. So, you know, that, that would be a good segue into The Martian. The Martian's pretty I good. Mean, I mean, like, like people go, The Martian's kind of boring. And I go, well, I don't think The Martian is boring. It's not necessarily a space movie. I'm like, you're talking about a guy who... Who wasn't deserted? You know, a space accident happened, and he got stuck Stranded on a there. planet by himself. Yeah, on a planet. This isn't an island where you can get from one side to the other side. This is a planet where this dude had to plan for what? It was he was there at least over a year and a half. He was right? there for like over a year, I think. I don't. I forget exactly now how long it was. But like. You know, that's a realistic possibility. When we start exploring with humans on Mars... Because we're already exploring with rovers and stuff there. Right, now. and we've like, been that's there... That's happening today. We've been there, yeah. you know, 
I think what since the '80s maybe we landed we've like a rover. There. I'm not sure when we got the first rover up there, but we've been on Mars for a while with technology. Right, and, and it becomes one of those. So it's only a matter of time before people are up there. Right, and people are already planning on it. Yeah, you know, Elon Musk, who I know is one of those. Like, he's gonna guys, get us there, dude. He says he's gonna do that something. crazy motherfucker's gonna, gonna do get it. us there. I mean, watching all of SpaceX, I go, it's yeah, he, he's taking us to Mars. But like, the fact that the Martian was made, I go, this is the most realistic space movie probably in our lifetime. Yeah. To where I could see maybe when we're, you know, 30 to 50 years from now, we could actually have people land on Mars and, and walk out there and, and try and figure out if that planet could be habitable yeah. or was inhabited at some point. Because I've read conspiracy theories and, <laughs> and shit that, you know, the human race used to live on Mars and then we got wiped out there, but somehow, and, and you, you know... They're fucking. We'll say that for the conspiracy. Yeah, but, yeah, but they're. I mean, they go all. <laughs> well, over they. The place. I think it is a, in a, a a pretty much agreed upon fact that the astronomers and scientists now agree that Mars used to have a habitable atmosphere. Right. And they found evidence that it used to have water and stuff like that, and it just experienced like the runaway greenhouse effect, and now it's this barren planet with no atmosphere. But it used to have one, is what their theory is now. So that's not really like that far of a stretch to imagine maybe hundreds of millions of years ago there was life up there right. yeah the martian is a really cool one and i think it's one of the most grounded <coughs> space movies ever because it's really all about like the guy who wrote that book that it's based on he centered it all around like what would a scientist do to like macgyver his way out of this situation right. so it's like a scientist's like wet dream of like watching some guy just like he says in the movie i'm gonna have to science the shit out of this yeah. just like figure out how to grow his own food, you know, with his own crap, you know, like make his own little greenhouse in the little area and everything. And that it's a cool, I, I, I'm conflicted about the Martian cause I like watching it. I think it's a very watchable movie, but it's not one of my favorites. And I wasn't as high on it as a lot of people were like when it came out. Cause I think Matt Damon won like a golden globe for best actor and yeah. stuff. Like it, it kind of surprised me how successful it was. I mean, it's a good, good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I've just liked other space movies more, but I yeah. do think, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a really cool idea. Like the idea of that story of just, you know, what the fuck would you do if you got stranded up there? Right. And your, your crew left you and you're like, all right, I'm the only person. I'm the only living human being on this entire planet. Now right. I have to figure out how to survive until they come get me. Well, and step one is even just letting people know he's even alive because they right. think how he's dead. How do you dead. communicate yeah. with, with a world... Yeah, you that's know, however that's, many hundreds of thousands of miles away. Right. What did they say? It was like two years away or something, yeah. space travel-wise? or a So year. he's got to like signal to the satellites that are orbiting Mars that, he, hey, there's a person here. It's like an SOS on an island. Right. He had, to, he had to be smart enough to go dig up an old, I don't know... I don't know what you'd call it. It had to have been you know, like a probe yeah. that was there. And get it to start transmitting signals yeah, or and something. The, the yeah, the JPL had and... Yeah. It's JPL? Yeah, Jet Propulsion Lab. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love The Martian. It's not my favorite sport or sports movie. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> weird that if it was your favorite sports, sports movie. movie. But uh, it's not my favorite space movie. But I think it's, in terms of space movies out there right now, it's the most realistic possibility. Yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of space exploration. We've been to yeah. the moon. Now, I'd love if we could go back to the moon. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Because... Why not? Yeah. I mean, we're still... I'm pretty sure the Americans are still the only people that have ever landed on the moon. I think so. And, I think and, you're right. you know, put feet on the moon, despite people saying it's fake. <laughs> I mean, 
And that'll be a whole nother I was story say, too. Because, save that. T- tab that one for the conspiracy I, podcast. So I, I read a little bit about that today, and I'll just do a real quick thing. Someone compared the space landings, you know, the moon landings, the first time we saw it with like the graphics and everything. Yeah. To CGI from the eighties, and they go, and you still think the space, you know, the moon landings was was faked? They go, look at the graphics from this compared to CGI in the eighties, and they're like, the moon landings weren't faked, and I'm like. That's a good point, because CGI <laughs> in the 80s was dog shit. Did and you hear uh, the conspiracy theory that it, the moon landing was faked, and it was faked and filmed by the filmmaker Stanley Kubrick, the guy who did The Shining and like, I've, I mean, 2001, I've, A Space I've Odyssey? I've heard a lot heard about of it, that? yeah. yeah. Because, that's, that's a common I mean, theory. we were in a space race with Russia. It was, yeah. you know, the height and it of was the like, Cold War. And, yeah, I guess the whole point was to like fake that we had been there to like right because then it deters the Russians deter the Russians or something being I don't know. successful <laughs> we yeah. could not we could not go down that no. rabbit hole right now <laughs> no hear a couple space cool... will never be <laughs> be in the topic you want to hear a couple cool things I learned about the science behind the Martian because I looked up a couple things um, from Neil deGrasse Tyson I'm not sure how much you've heard that guy talked or, or watched any of his I've watched videos a little or anything. bit really cool dude he's been on Joe Rogan a couple times and had some really fascinating conversations but he was saying that because when he watches space movies, he watches it like an astrophysicist. You know, he's like, OK, I'm watching this like a scientist. And he said a couple of the things that he picked up on in The Martian. And one thing that um, I actually he corrected me. I thought I had read a couple years ago when The Martian came out that the one thing that was too much of a stretch in that movie is that big storm that happens at the beginning that literally causes him to get stranded and they think he's dead. I thought I read somewhere where they were like, there are no storms like that on, on Mars because it doesn't have an atmosphere. So I was like, okay, that's kind of crazy. They just made up the whole storm part. Like, that's not even possible. But he was saying, I guess it is possible that you get, like, small dust storms. He said they'll see, like, dust devils and stuff like that. But he goes, the atmosphere is so lacking. And, it, like, you'll, you'll get, like, a little bit of dust blowing here and there. But, like, nothing. It's not like you the hurricane s- force winds. It stabilize a, a full-blown bl- right. storm. It's not going to, like, rip off a satellite and slam it into a grown man and send him flying like, it, like they show in the movie and stuff. So I was like, right. okay, I, I, I'll go with them on that. You've got to have the, the initial, like, conflict of, like, okay, now he's trapped here. And here's what is he going to do? So that's a cool way of, like, getting it done. I, 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 can, I can live with that. But a couple other things he said that he noticed was, I guess if you look carefully in the movie, like anytime he drops something while he's on Mars, it drops like a little bit slower to the ground than it would here on earth because the gravity on Mars is like, I think a quarter of what it is on earth or something. I'm not sure of the exact specific number, but if he like drops a wrench or whatever, it like kind of falls slowly to the ground. He thought like as a scientist, that was kind of a cool addition. Cause like they paid close enough attention that like, Hey, it's not going to fall like it would on Earth. Let's make sure it looks at least somewhat like it would look on, if you were doing right. this on Mars or whatever. And then he was saying another thing. There's moments where he, like, picks up these giant, heavy, like, canister things and big pieces of equipment. Just, like, kind of hoists them off this truck and, like, pulls them down. He was saying, like, you think as you're watching it that the reason he's able to do that is just because he's, like, some jacked, like, astro or some jacked astronaut guy who's just, like, really fit and really strong. But what he's saying is, like... The reason why you're able, he's able to lift giant heavy things like that, probably beyond what he would be able to lift on Earth, is again because of like gravity, gravity is assist. a quarter of what yeah. it is. So like think about how much you could throw on the bench press and lift on Mars. Well, it's like lifting and water. On. Yeah, it's it's like so there's way less resistance, and you can just hoist up heavy shit and carry it that here on Earth you would never have a chance at being able to do. So I was like, right. 
thought that was kind of cool little tidbits that he was saying, like, here's what I noticed as a scientist. Because I just watched it as, like, a movie fan. You know, right. I don't know any of the science. Well, so I just looked up. The Martian was set in the year 2035. So 15 years from now yeah. is when they, you know, set that movie. So maybe storms could be like that in 15 years. Maybe an atmosphere starts to, you know, to develop again. You know, I mean, it's a movie. It's... It's not happened, and I don't think it's like going said, to happen for the next 50-plus years. The storm but. part doesn't really bother me. I mean, if you're a scientist, you're like, uh, technically, there are not storms like that on Mars. I mean, like, okay, fine. We're not making a documentary about Mars. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's a movie. We're here to be entertained. It's a true sci-fi movie. It's not based yeah. on true events. Like, they're, they're taking grounded, the grounded science and just expanding upon it a little bit, which is kind of what... Another movie that's a favorite of ours. I, I won't jump ahead. Go, go through yours. Yours was Apollo 13 and The Martian. Well, so I was just going to go through the list of what I think is the most realistic okay. in terms of, you know, could happen in our lifetimes. And, um, you know, Apollo 13 obviously happened and is old. as old news, but it's a great space movie. And it, and it brings up that light of it's still terrifying. You don't know what could go yeah. wrong in space. Yeah. And, um, you know... So then The Martian, I think, is the most realistic. And um, I think, you know, after that, I would say... I like Passengers. I think it's kind of dumb. Like, it's it's not like... The storyline is like, hey, we're just flying on a spaceship to inhabit a new planet. Yeah. But one dude... You know, technology fails one dude, and then he ruins someone else's life. Yeah. But I like it because... That's a very real possibility if we get that technology. is It's going to fail. Someone's going to yeah. end up like that. It's going to fail for one person. Do you, ever, um, do you ever think about the world of like passengers? And I don't know how far in the future that's set from our time, but like really far, I would imagine. But do you ever think about... So by the time Chris Pratt's character and Jennifer Lawrence's character are on that ship heading to whatever planet it's called that they're going to go inhabit... They've whatever like company it is who has designed that whole spaceship and everything has worked out most of the kinks of that that travel to that new planet. But have you ever thought about what would passengers look like if it was like the first space travel to that planet? You know, like the who are the who are the poor saps who volunteered to be like, yeah, I'm gonna be the first one to put put myself cryogenically to sleep or whatever and and travel 150 years through space to some other planet like think of all the shit that went wrong on the first mission if the one in passengers were right. saying is probably like the millionth mission they've done and it's still being fucked up all the time like there's just so many things that could go wrong when i i couldn't find when you know the actual movie was set but what i have been reading is that it you know they're estimating could be set closer to the year 3000 wow so i mean like way ahead way i mean I, i'm imagining it's going to take us a long time to get to that unless there's some right well you got to think radical that, change in the you got to think the front of their have. spaceship is like a shield that yeah. literally destroys yeah, the whole thing's like, like this cool spiral spinning spaceship right. thing that has like a shield on it's the a, front it's to a space like cruise ship asteroids that you're supposed like to live yeah. on for for like months like they were supposed, they were to, supposed wake to wake up, up like six months yeah and live on it for three to six months or something right. and like live and, and then eat, go play, and have it and then yeah you know like the captain gets sent back to earth to yeah. pick up more people yeah and I, I think it's it's a good space movie that can show what can happen in space and yeah. you know also the loneliness in space i mean if you're alone I, yeah. in space on earth you know there's people 
around you, whether it's yeah. a couple hundred miles or a couple thousand miles away, there's people around you. Yeah. In space, you go, I am alone For until some way. alien comes and scoops me up or yeah. some human comes in two plus years or where, however long it takes. I am alone. I think that's why my, the best part of Passengers is not the space travel part of it. The, the best part of it is the psychological study of like loneliness and what would happen if you thought you were going to travel on this spaceship, make it however many hundreds of years to this other planet, wake up, and it would have been a blink of an eye for you, and you're going to set up this brand new life. And then something goes wrong midway and you wake up and now you have to basically live out the rest of your life because you can't be put back to sleep in the pod. You have to live out the rest of your life on this spaceship totally alone. I think that's the best part of Passengers is like the study of the psychological effects of what would a person do faced with that much loneliness? Because he's, for the first time when he wakes up, he's awake for like an entire year before he decides to spoiler alert wake up Jennifer Lawrence's character and it's like you would think that you know I'm I'm one of those people that I kind of I'm an introvert I kind of enjoy solitude but even I think anyone would crack given that long I mean he makes it a year I kind of wonder like how long would it take before you just were like I have to wake someone else up to have someone to talk to and he makes it a full year and he's like, and then there's a line later in the movie where eventually Lawrence Fishburne's character, the captain, is awake mm-hmm. and everything, and she's like screaming at him. She's like, "It's murder! He woke me up, and now I'm I'm basically cursed to live out my life and die on this thing before we ever get there." And he's like, "The drowning man is always gonna reach up for someone else to pull them down with because he's so right. desperate to be above the surface. Like that's just he's like, I don't know I what mean, to tell you. It's human nature. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, yeah, making it a year." I don't think I could make it a year alone. Like, how long do you think realistically? And what's kind of interesting, too, is with this whole, like, COVID quarantine stuff is everyone's... I I saw some clever tweet, like, at the very beginning of all this when we were, like, just a few weeks in instead of being months in. And they were like, a lot of people are right now figuring out if they're psychologically fit to go into space. Because in space, you're going to be in tight, you know tight rooms for long periods of time with not a lot of other people to talk to and not a lot of things to occupy your time with and like how well are you going to handle that psychologically some people are going to be like fine I can handle this for a really long time 99.9 other people are going to be like going to go fucking nuts because people are going nuts you know during COVID quarantines and we're sitting here with our leather couches and air you can breathe right and you can go outside you can go outside you You still can go to the grocery store you got TV internet TV internet Netflix like all that shit and people are still like bored out of their fucking minds so it's just kind of an interesting psychological study that's why I like Passengers more than more than a space movie it's it's more of like a what happens in isolation to human beings and and I think it, it showed the dark side too I mean you know he attempted to commit suicide and realized yeah, he almost he, he did didn't it, yeah. want to he, yeah. he wanted to live it out which i think you know like you compared it to covid i mean i don't want to get political i don't want to go into covid but that's a true thing people aren't realizing the true facts of this people losing their jobs and staying home and being quarantined people are killing themselves because they don't have they that, don't see any like hope they, they, they don't, don't see, see hope. light at the end of the tunnel yeah. and, and that you know passengers is exactly not exactly, because 
the guy willingly got on. No right. one here willingly wanted to be in quarantine. But, but he also didn't willingly sign up to be stuck by himself on a spaceship. Right. For like I mean, years. but but it's the same. Like you said, it's the same concept of he's by himself. So how can you psychologically keep yourself alive? And and at first, like I love how they show the whole progression of like. At first, it's fucking dope. He's like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym, play basketball by myself. I'm going to go do the dance competition thing. I'm going to eat at all the restaurants, order all the fucking food and drinks I want. I'm going to go to the bar and get hammered and talk to the robot bartender. It's awesome for like a while. Right, But But then then after a while, you're like, okay, how many times can I go back to the Mexican restaurant and order like 15 margaritas (sighs) from the little robot waitress? Right. All by myself, you know, and like his hair's grown out, his beard's grown out, and he's just like getting progressively more and more sad and lonely and depressed and just drinking right. you, all the time. You and, see the, the stages of depression yeah. hit that, you know, people say they can live their lives alone, but I don't think anyone can truly live alone. He, he literally had nothing. Yeah, yeah, you could say he had the robot to talk to. It's a robot. Yeah. With probably like limited voice commands and right. responses and stuff. Like it's not like talking to a human being. You're going to get the right. same interactions every time. So, and so I would have done the same thing. I would have woke someone up. Now It's either that. It, so it's either you have like three choices. I either just live the rest of my life completely by myself and I have to find a way to live with that. Or I kill myself. Like what he was thinking about doing. Like right. launching himself out the airlock with no suit on. Which he couldn't bring himself to do that. Or th- option three is I wake someone else up. And then well, you have to live with that guilt of like, I just basically ruined this person's life because they're not going to be able to fall back asleep either. And they're going to have to live out the rest of their life on this ship with me against their will. But, and I just took whatever life they were going to have on this planet when we got there away from them completely. Right. You know what I mean? But, but think of this too. And, and this is just going to be more of the movie side of things. Had he not woke her up, he couldn't have fixed the ship by himself. That's true. Yeah. So He'd they would have all died him. anyways. Yeah. So, did he end up killing her? No. He ended up saving her life in, you know, a full circle way. There you go, Matt. The because, silver lining. I like it. Right. Well, I mean, think about it. Everyone on the ship would have died. I mean, died. you're right. Everyone would have died anyway. And, so but they, would have, they to, would have been asleep when they died. So, yeah. they would have just died. They would have just died. They would have just never woken so up. So, yeah. she not only, she, you know, she got to live a long life on that. Yeah. Because they, 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 they make it seem like they lived, like, the rest of their life, like, Right. 50, 60 years. They just live the rest of their right. life out on that shit. Because everyone started to wake up and there's trees and the, like there's, there's a forest. There's shit. a yeah. river and everything. Yeah. And, and people are looking at it like, what the hell's happening? Yeah. None of that would have ever happened because that ship would have blown up. Right. It's a good point. So I mean, it's a cool movie. He, technically, I, he didn't kill her because he... I mean, he saved her. He saved her in a way. Yeah. Right. You, you can so, think about it that way. So, like, so you can think about it the negative way or the positive way. Right. I like how you have a positive. In, in terms of the movie, he he saved everybody yeah. on board. Yeah. And so you got Apollo thirteen, The Martian, Passengers, and what's your and other one? My favorite all time, and I think we've both agreed on this, is Interstellar. And I watched oh, it today. So the the theory of a wormhole to me is fascinating. That we could travel through a wormhole, which could take us billions of light years away. To places of, you know, the universe we never would have known. Yeah. The fact of, like, that that could even exist, which, of course, we don't know if they exist, because how could... I mean, if a scientist could create a wormhole, one, I think we're fucked as a society. (laughs) But two, the fact that you could travel, not necessarily through time, but through time, is, you know, it's literally a bend in time. That you skip. 
I'm I'm totally in agreement. Interstellar is my favorite space movie of all time. I just straight up think it's one of the best movies ever. It's like top ten movies oh, for yeah. me. And there are some people out there like I'm a, a totally like I, I will admit this. I am a giant Christopher Nolan fan. So basically, any movie that he comes out with, I'm in love with. There are some people out there who don't like Christopher Nolan movies that much. They like to poke holes in the plot and stuff. And some people don't really go along with the plot in Interstellar. Like they, the plot gets a little too fantastical for them at some point where they just kind of check out. I don't. I think Interstellar is one of the best examples of like inspiring awe in a movie that I've ever seen. Like there, oh, yeah. how many other directors do you think could create a movie like that, that literally just instills a sense of wonder in you? Like you're just watching this beautiful, amazing story play out on the screen. And you're like, I can't even believe someone came up with this idea. And I like what you said about like the wormhole stuff, like all the, all the scientific theories that they touch on and then expand on in, cause what essentially what he did was like, he like, there was all these articles that came out around the time the Interstellar came out, and it was like, I forget the name of the dude, but there was some famous astrophysicist that Christopher Nolan literally hired as like a scientific liaison to right. the movie to like come onto the set and be like, okay, and during like the script writing process and all that, be like, here's what the science is. And then Christopher Nolan basically took that stuff and went, okay, I'm a fiction writer. I'm going to take these science ideas and theories that are real in our life and right. take them and put my imagination into it and expand upon it and what we got was interstellar so like you said like the wormholes all that stuff is is true in theory like they theorize that those things are real we've right. never experienced one we don't know what to do with it really but the idea that like there is there is math and science behind the idea that you could go through a wormhole and it bends space time to the fact that you could get from point A to point B quicker than just going in a straight line. It just brings point A and point B. All right, it's like folding a the, piece of paper. I like how they do the, the folding the piece of paper example of like, what he's like, what's the fastest way from point A to point B? A straight line, right? And he's like, no. He folds the paper up and A and B are just touching and he pushes the pencil through the paper right. and he's like, you bend space time and pretty soon you're not traveling from A to B. You go from A to being at B instantaneous, instantaneously. Right. You well, know what I mean? Like that's just a fascinating idea. And, and people go, well, it's not real, you know? And I you know, it's hard to argue something because people are always like, well, use science. I'm like, well, the science in theory says that these are real. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's based in like concrete, real science. I mean, but, it's not like he's making that up. He's just taking it and going, Right. Here would be here's something cool that I imagine this maybe one day leading to. But like the thing is is like even his fiction of what it could lead to could literally lead us into another galaxy yeah. where there's habitable planets and unhabitable yeah. planets like the galaxy we live in right now. Yeah. I mean, Earth so far obviously has been the only habitable planet that we have yeah. found. They they said they've found other planets out there that could sustain life but that could like be exactly like away. Earth. But how are we going to get there? Yeah. Because that's the thing that I like to think about. You know when you read, like, cool press releases about space stuff, like NASA findings and, like, yeah. you know, recent stuff that they found out? And they'll say, they found this thing that was 10,000 light years away. And you always just, like, read that and you're like, okay, well, that's the, that's the numeric value that, 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 you know, space scientists and astrophysicists and stuff like that just assign to 
measuring how long it would take to travel these distances. And you just kind of take it for granted. Like, okay, 10,000 light years, it's far. But if you really like sit there and break it down, that means that if you were traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 10,000 years to get from here to there. So in Interstellar, Michael Caine's character, the, astro, the old astrophysicist, is talking about if we really want to expand beyond Earth and go to other habitable, habitable worlds, we're going to have to confront the idea of interstellar travel, which is why the movie is called Interstellar, because he goes, we're going to have to expand beyond our own lifespans, because there may be planets like they find in the movie that, that could potentially be habitable for us, but if we just got on a spaceship and flew there, we'd all be dead before we got there. There's no well, way that human beings can make the trip, so you have to use something like a wormhole to make up the distance, because there's no way we're going to make... Like, think about that. We can't even travel at the speed of light yet. And even if you were traveling at the speed of light, which is insanely fucking fast, it's not, you can't get there so, in 10,000 years. Like, no one's going to live 10,000 years, you know? Like, right. it's just so, insane to think about the vast distances. Well, and when people talk about that, you know, it's, like you said, it's, the universe is, is truly infinite. We, we, there's no end in, it's in so the universe. Crazy to think about. And, you know, this, a light year is 5. 0.88 trillion miles. So well, you gotta, so you gotta okay, do yeah. some math into that. So, so I think I read, um, and that might be in my my cool little space facts that I'll talk about here in a little bit. But I think I read that light travels at 182,000 miles per second. Right. <laughs> so if you could travel, like imagine traveling that fast. You traveled 182,000 miles per second, and it took you a fucking year. To get somewhere. That's a light year. Right. Which they say... <laughs> That's insane, dude. Because the way you have to calculate that then is however fast light travels per second, you have to multiply that by however many seconds are in a minute, obviously. Exactly, yeah. Then you have to do that by however many are in an hour. Yeah. Then you have to do that by however many are in a day. Yeah. And then you have to do that by however many are in a year. And so it would come out to be 5.88 trillion miles. Yeah. So we could go from here... And I don't even know what's 5.8 trillion miles away. But in one year, we could be 5.8 trillion miles away from Earth. And our, I'm pretty sure our galaxy would just be, you know, a speck. Yeah. Which is, and that's only one light year away. And they, they, they find stuff all the time where, like, this is 6,000 light years away. Or a million light years which away. Which is and you're insane like, what to think What the fuck? That, like, it just cooks your brain to think about that. Well, and, and what, what cooks my brain more is, well... How do we have a picture of it if it's that far away? Yeah, dude, that's so What cool. technology is so advanced that we have a picture of that? Yeah, it's so cool. I'm pretty sure the Hubble about. telescope was, was put out in the late 90s or, or middle to late 90s. And that, that shit's like 330 miles off the Earth's surface. Like, it's not like this shit's just free floating through space, just yeah. taking pictures as it goes. It's amazing how far they can snapshot stuff and like these. Well, and if, if that technology was truly built, you know, it was probably what built 25, 30 years ago. Are we building a new tell? I think we, there is a new telescope actually. It's supposed to replace the Hubble in the next like two or three years. I think I read about that. Yeah. Just like there's something that's supposed to replace the space station. Yeah. They're going to crash the space station space into station. the earth. Yeah. They're going to crash it into the furthest point from humanity in the southern pacific which i've heard is literally a space graveyard where they try and they try and crash they try and and crash satellites and everything i wonder how they do that i wonder how they aim aim a a crash basically like send a satellite down through the atmosphere and go okay we want it to land here 
Instead of just dropping it in the middle of downtown Denver. I mean, <laughs> you fucking imagine. I mean, if you can control the orbit, you can control where you, you know, it, it'd, it'd be yeah. like landing a spaceship, you know, because when you go up, like they, the, when uh, SpaceX just did their recent launch, yeah. their last abort was over like Ireland. Yeah. So they launched from Florida and their last abort would have been over Ireland. So yeah. just in, you know, the way they were launching, they were obviously going on a northern trajectory. Yeah. So they would have to be like, oh, our satellite flies, you know, whatever crisscross in terms of the Earth's rotation. And then they'd have to time it to be, okay, we have to enter the atmosphere yeah. here. And by the time it hits the water, it'll be in this general area. But, like, I've heard that the Russians, the old Russian space station was crashed there. And that's where they would crash the... Because you can't just leave a bunch of space debris. I mean, yeah. what are we going to do? Just send off the International Space Station into space? Like, I, I mean, guess. I guess you could. You know what I imagine it looking like at some point is... Uh, and I actually have this on my list of space movies that are really good. WALL-E. Remember WALL-E? Dude, favorite it, animated movie it's ever. It's so fucking good. I cannot understate how awesome WALL-E is. But, you know, when they eventually, like, leave... Like, he gets on the ship with Eva and they... they go up through the atmosphere and leave earth and he like looks back down and it's just literally surrounding the earth is just like a fucking net of satellites there's yeah. just so many of them like it's this protective barrier just like space junk like we've literally like trashed the planet so much that we moved up into space and trashed space so much that you can't even like launch out of earth without like crashing through like a basically a, a debris field of like old satellites I'm like, that's what I imagine it eventually looking like, to be honest. Which is insane, because when you look up, like, you can't... I mean, you can see some satellites going across the horizon at night and stuff, but it's not like you just see, like... You don't see, like, 10,000, like, a swarm. You're like, are we getting invaded by an alien army? Or everyone's like, I don't know. That's a GPS. That one's yeah. Dish, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say, that one's the U.S. military. That one's from Disney. That's that one's Soviet. a military satellite. This one's Tesla. <laughs> that one some dude made and somehow got into orbit, and we don't know what it does. So right now, there is 2,666 satellites orbiting the Earth. Wow, that's so, a lot. So it sounds like a lot, but I guess in terms of when you think about stuff I wonder how often... Earth, um, this actually kind of relates to another space movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. you ever seen Gravity? That's the one with, um, with George Clooney George and Sandra Clooney. Bullock. You I haven't seen, that, seen one? that one. Check. Do yourself a favor and check that one out. It's pretty fucking dope. Um, I was just wondering, like, I wonder how often those things come really close to just smashing into each other. Oh, they sure travel like really fast around right. the, the orbit of the Earth, and there's two thousand six hundred of them up there. Like, I wonder how often it happens where they have to adjust their paths and stuff to not just slam into each other uh, and explode. I'm sure it happens. That's kind of what happens in gravity, the and they get like thrown off into space and she ends up having to like fight her way back onto one of them and trying to Spoiler come down alert. and stuff dude I, I mean i literally don't remember that much about the plot i just remember it's kind of a, a space survival movie with sandra bullock and george clooney and it's pretty awesome you should check it out no i mean i i totally could agree that well and how many satellites are there up there that we don't know about you know oh shit that's been launched that they don't just never say like, anything about maybe know? this is you know going back to like cold war era and yeah. the space race but have you ever seen space cowboys oh yeah, yeah. i forgot about that so movie. a satellite with nuclear warheads attached yeah. to it yeah like i'm sure there are but like how would we ever know you know Did you that, ever see um, that's not public information it's one of the gi joe movies and they're very cheesy but the one of the plot 
things in that movie is like they had the bad guys have this satellite up in space and it's not even uh it's not going to drop any bombs it's literally just this giant like steel rod and they just drop it and it catches so much speed coming down in the gravity and through the atmosphere of earth that like if it hits it's literally going to like pulverize an entire city and that's like the plot of like one of the G.I. Joe movies. But Never like, seen it, but... It's totally real. Like they, He was basically saying, like, oh, we don't, they're like, are you going to drop nukes on us? He's like, no, I don't have to drop any bomb. I just have to drop a piece of metal. You could drop a rock. Yeah, and it's going to literally incinerate an entire city because when it hits Earth, it's going to be hitting at such a high velocity that it's going to go straight through the crust and just fucking pulverize well, like, everything. People go... I think there's an asteroid that's passing close to Earth here soon. It's like 15 football fields, like the size of 15 football fields. God. So on Earth, you're like, holy shit, that's huge. In terms of space and, and like coming to hit Earth, that's really not that big. Like, you know, here in Colorado, we have hundreds of football fields. This asteroid's only 15. They're like, yeah, that could pretty much just kill civilization. Yeah. You know, that I thing would blow up like the Earth. And we're all like, what? It's not that big. And like, yeah, no, if it, you know, <laughs> wanted to, you'd all be dead. What's really crazy is dead. like how many. So what, what's, isn't there a difference between. What are there's a difference between asteroids, meteors, and meteorites, right? Like one of them is a technical classification for which one actually hits the surface. So I think a meteorite hits the hits surface. Hits the surface. I mean, it's just like the little, yeah, you know, space debris chunk, or right. whatever. A so meteor I'll, is the one that you can see. See it going past. And an asteroid is like Armageddon. You're fucked. Yeah. So how many like asteroids or meteors have? That could have been like civilization killers over the course of the million of year, the millions and millions of year history of Earth, that have could have been like life extinction extinction events. That right. the only reason we survived is because Earth has an atmosphere. Like things like the Moon and Mars and stuff like that will just get fucking hit with those things all the time. Like that's why there's right. so many craters on the Moon is it has no atmosphere to, defl- to burn like shield, that stuff up. Right. Yeah, there's no shield, so these things will just come flying by, just collapse right into the moon you know that's what would happen to earth if we didn't have an atmosphere so it's kind of amazing you think about dude it really trips me out to think about how insanely lucky we are to be existing as human beings on earth like how many like multiple billions like the number i can't couldn't even possibly think about of variables that had to be in place perfectly for like you and I to exist at this very moment on earth sitting here having this podcast. And I know that sounds like a really like high person thing to say or something, but think about like how unique, like even in our own atmosphere out of all of, or in our own, sorry, solar system out of all of the planets that exist so far, the only one we know of that can support life is the one we're currently on. The only one that has an atmosphere and plants and air and water, the only one. And the only one we've, we've been searching out into our own, the rest of our solar system, you know, past our solar system into other places in our galaxy, past our galaxy. So far, zero evidence of any other planets. Not a one fucking planet that could support life that we've found. In like an how infinite lucky universe. that is. Well, and so that would be, and I don't obviously will not get into this, but that becomes one of those, like, who do you think created us? Yeah, because there's got to be like where there's got to be a creator. It's like the whole everything. Yeah, the whole the whole um, argument is always is this just blind luck? Like the universe is the universe was just chaos. Shit was thrown against each other. You know, the sun 
you know, like different stars are exploding all the time, creating black holes, sucking things in. Different planets are colliding with each other, causing little satellite things like the moon to orbit right. stuff. Millions and millions and millions, billions of years this goes back, this has been happening. Oh, yeah. Was that all just chance or was there some grand design behind it? Like, is it just chance that we ended up being the third rock from the sun and just perfectly far away that we're warm enough but not too close to be too hot, not far enough well, away to be too cold? Like, just the perfect Goldilocks zone where we can have life exist. And then for the Earth to stay in that Goldilocks zone long enough for not only life to exist but for intelligent life to exist. It's fucking crazy, I mean, man. It's so crazy to think I about. mean, that's why, like, it brings up that is... You know, like I said about religion is, in my opinion, there is an ultimate being, you know, and obviously I, I have my religion. I have my faith that I, I don't say I stand by, but I definitely believe in. And so I do believe, you know, God created the heavens and the earths, but it becomes one of those like, you know, so did God create the whole universe? Like it, it, it can yeah. become one of those like infant discussions that. You know, There's honestly, just no answers to. the only answer I'll ever get is, you know, because I believe I'll go to heaven is when I go to heaven, you know, what I find out up there. Yeah. But it becomes one of those, you know, like going back to the asteroids, what are the chances of everything? You know, people believe like the Big Bang Theory where everything just collided and, you know, sh the worlds were created and shit like. Yeah. How, you know, the, ever, the rocks were spinning so fast, they became these perfectly smooth rounded planets like yeah and then you know we have asteroids that wipe out the dinosaurs and i don't know much about that and, and i'm not going to try and sugarcoat like i do but everyone says now if an asteroid comes in it would wipe out civilization and the earth could literally like blow up yeah so if if there was an asteroid beforehand that hit earth to wipe out everything living on it before where's the evidence that that this like where did the asteroid go did well, the rock just disappear they or do like have evidence i and again i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about but i've heard people talk about it who do know what they're talking about so like i would encourage you to go look it up and obviously like i'm not saying like oh go look it up dude you don't know what you're talking <laughs> you're about you're a dumbass bro <laughs> i don't know shit either i'm just saying like i've heard smart people talk about it and apparently there is evidence that you can find of i think we've had <clears throat> excuse me multiple extinction level events happen on earth throughout the course of its history where these asteroids will like the dinosaurs was not the only one well, right right that There's happened millions of, like, this is the yeah. most recent it's the one. most recent one that we can like find evidence of and stuff but like that's another crazy thing by the way we should do just quick sidebar we should do an episode on dinosaurs i fucking love dinosaurs dude all right <laughs> sorry i'll get back to what i was talking about yeah real we're fucked um but yeah just there was like they say that they have found evidence for multiple extinction level events and where some asteroid hits, wipes out life, just wipes out all of it. And then at some point, life starts back down at the building blocks and works its way back up again. And you get back to whatever we had, you know, dinosaurs or right. some sludge-like creatures, whatever the fuck we had. And then after the last thing that happened, X amount of millions of years passed and you end up getting human beings on the planet, you know, and... It's just really like the, the history of the earth is a fascinating thing to learn about. And it goes back hundreds of millions of years, you know, like so then billions of years. Do you think in, in time, you know, do you believe in like parallel universes? Like, do you think I love there's, thinking about it. Do you think there's another universe out there right now where it, this is happening at this I exact moment? I think it's moment? entirely plausible. Um, it's one of those things where if you learn that 
the universe is infinite, it's not really that much of a stretch for me to go, okay, there's multiple universes, you know? It just doesn't seem like if we're gonna start thinking about these really grand ideas, well, there's that are the Marvel universe, really, really fun to think about and like fun like thought experiments. Right. Okay, if one's totally plausible, then some other fanta- totally fantastical thing has to be equally as plausible. You know, like it to me, like human beings are at a really frustrating point in our <laughs> evolution because we're smart enough to like think we're pretty smart. But we're also smart enough to just, once you start trying to learn about stuff like space or like the history of the planet and all this kind of stuff, you realize very, very, very quickly you don't know shit. Even the smartest people on the planet who are experts in their field of astrophysics or the history of the world, like prehistoric, you know, archaeologists and all this kind of stuff. The more they learn, the more they realize, I don't know shit about what has gone on, about what is going to happen. You just don't know. And like we don't have access to this information. And I think that's one of the coolest things about being a human being is like just that constant sense of curiosity of just wanting to find right. out more all the time. Like that's what has driven us to this point right now is the curiosity and the desire to make things better and learn more shit. That's all we want to do is just learn well, more stuff all the time. So then I would ask and this is I don't even know what your question was if you asked me a question I was just ranting <laughs> I don't know you got was, me talking about space lo- man I, I love space but so so I've seen a comparison of like the human brain to, oh, to universe to the universe I've, so, I've seen that too it's so cool so I've sat there and I've mind fucked myself over and over and over again going you know what if the universe was a human brain what if we are just cells inside of a human brain or, or a brain, maybe not even a human brain. Yeah. Maybe we're like a pigeon brain or something because we have a lot of dumbasses on this planet. <laughs> and, like, that's, like, what what's going on? Like, and what if we have a universe inside our own head? Yeah. You know, we it's something we will it's, never know. It's one of those things you look at it and you're like, okay, the structure of the human brain and the structure of the universe look remarkably similar what am I supposed to do with that information? Right. Or, <laughs> that is, or what could, am I supposed to think about that? It could go back to me bringing up, like, do you believe in a, you know, ultimate being? What if the whole reason is, is the universe is an ultimate being's brain, and we are yeah. literally just... We're some cell or neuron We're, or we're the cell or neuron, or we're the thoughts. Yeah. Like, in, in this ultimate being's brain, what if we are just thoughts? Yeah. You know, like... What if we sound like, like a couple of stoners sitting here talking? <laughs> and I love it. I, love I don't it. know because we're bringing in like good points. Some stoners are just like, yeah, man. Like, by the way, we are both totally sober. I'm just very fascinated yeah. by space. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by Body Armor Light <laughs> and watermelon Coke. flavor and Coca Cola. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get a sponsor. Not the other Coke. Um, so yeah, I, we just went on a really long rant about a bunch of weird space shit. You want me to read off some cool space like, facts? Yeah, but I mean, like, these space facts are going to get boring at some point because there's going to be new space facts. Here we go, dude. So we're talking about crazy space shit. I was telling you a little bit about the idea of time dilation. Yeah. So let me just read you a little bit of this. I found this cool. So this is an idea that I stumbled upon probably after watching Interstellar for, like, the 10th time because I love Interstellar. But this is anyone who out there who has seen Interstellar, they... That movie grapples with this idea of time dilation because Matthew McConaughey's character leaves Earth, leaves his son and daughter here, and ends up going on this, you know, fantastical space adventure, 
travels through a black hole. He's near a black hole, exploring other planets, all this kind of stuff. He ends up coming back. He looks relatively the same. Like, not that much time has passed, right. a couple years. Well, his daughter went from being, like, 13 to, like, 90. So that's the idea of, like, time dilation. So I found... I, I never was able to find this cool article that I found months back when I was, like, doing just some Google searching about this. But I did find this really cool article by this guy who wrote it in the MIT Technology Review. And I just wanted to read you, like, a couple of little blurbs. Mm-hmm. Bear with well, me. It's cool. Well, I'm going to jump in real quick because okay. I think you'll hit it. Go ahead. But... And, and we talked about this before we started, you know, the episode. And you talked about how, like, if you, if we, we each had our own watch, and you travel in space. Yeah. In Interstellar, remember he has his watch, they and they set yeah. their watches to the same exact time. And he goes, "When I come home, we'll see." Yeah, we'll you know, compare. The we'll time. compare yeah. the times. And I'm not going to say spoiler alert because the movie's been out, and if you haven't watched it, then yeah, it's been out you, for six years. You know, Go you see you it. deserve to get spoiled here, but. You know, he uses the watch to literally communicate with her through Morse code that, yeah. you know, how yeah. to solve the entire, And they make know. they make time a physical dimension that he can, like, manipulate. Which right, is which is, so brings cool, us back dude. to another big issue, or not big issue, but, like, big thing about the ultimate beings. Because in the movie, he goes, you know, he's like, they want us. And he keeps saying, they, they, they. they and then yeah. he finally goes, it's not they. It's us. It's us. Yeah. He goes, we created this. Yeah. And I think it's what TARS is the TARS, yeah, the robot. The robot. He goes, What do you mean? And he goes, We created this yeah. way in the future yeah. for this specific moment for future generations. Yeah. And, you know, that just goes back to our whole thing of you know, well, it's gonna go into your, your time dilation that yeah. they literally are using something that hasn't been created yet in their lifetime. Yeah. I mean, it just like it's one of those things. No, the more you sit here and you think about it, you it's like crazy. It you lose middle. explanations. Yeah. You're yeah. like, okay, now I got it. Like the first time yeah. I watched Interstellar, it finished at like You're three like, a.m. and I was literally up to like five thirty six a.m. Yeah, like googling and like yeah. researching it. And I was like mind blown. I'm like, oh shit, I got to go to bed. Like, yeah, I got to wake up in like two hours to go to work. <laughs> but I was like mind blown. Yeah, I, like, I got to like, get to the bottom of this. This is crazy. And everything I researched was like, you know, a realistic possibility in theory. Yeah. yeah. So. And the idea there, too, what you were talking about towards... And this, for anyone out there who hasn't seen it, this is like the climax of the movie. And basically, the way he's kind of like outlining it is he's saying future humans have access to time as a physical dimension, whereas we don't yet. We just right. experience time right. linearly. We're, we're prisoners of the present, and we have to flow from past to present to future in that order. Right. There's no changing it. We can't... So, like... They, they kind of make some mention of it in the movie, too, of, like, time to them. And she keeps, they, this is before they identify them. They're just talking about them. They're like, time to them might be, like, the past might be a valley they can climb into. Right. And the future might be a mountain they can climb up. But to us, it's not. The future is the future, and we're going to experience it whenever we get there. The past is the past. It's already happened. We can't right. go back and change anything. And the idea towards the end of it is, like, human beings from the future have place this wormhole within reach of us in the past so that we can get from point A to point B. So we can save humanity. Save humanity. And then they present this, like, they present time as a physical dimension to Matthew McConaughey's character to represent, like, the past has always happened, the present has always been happening, and the future will have always happened. So we... The reason why he's experiencing this right now is to get us to the point where in the future we then create this thing for him to get us there, if it makes right. any sense. So, like, it's all one time. 
it's always happened and it always will be happening right. kind of thing. Because well, the only like thing a really can, cool concept. Because the only thing that can travel through time is gravity. Yeah, like in gravity, and, and I'll get into this in a second yeah. with like Einstein's theory of special relativity and the idea that gravity affects time and space is one of the craziest things you could learn about space. Can we just it's touch on so crazy? Like you bringing up Einstein real quick. A lot of scientists that like found this shit out are all dead. Oh, like, and they found it out like a long which, time which ago. Is, some of them, the, at least the math behind. Which it. Which is insane to think that they were finding out this shit without the technology we have these yeah. days. Yeah. Could you imagine if we had like if Stephen Hawking was like just coming into his prime right now? Yeah, and had access to like and, artificial intelligence and had access and to everything we have. The Hubble Space Telescope and all I that mean, kind of stuff. Yeah, like we have very smart people, but we don't have like. People like an Einstein. Like what, what would what would an Einstein have done today? Right, if he like, was like twenty five and even Newton's laws of gravity. Like yeah. that shit is like it was hundreds of years old. He figured that out a long time ago. Right. Yeah. Because of an apple falling out of and a tree. And we're still we're you know? still using those laws today. Right. In, in, Name, rel- in like normal physics. Like maybe there's a Hawking's law or something, but I don't know about. But yeah. like we don't. I don't know of any recent scientist that there's been a new law created for. Yeah. This is all you know, decades plus old. And it, it, it's just mind-boggling. But go into your okay. article. Or so I'm, I'm just going to read word for word some of what this article says because if I don't, I'm going to butcher it. And I don't, I, again, I will repeat again. I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just interested in this stuff. So this was written by a guy named Neil Patel, I guess. And uh, he wrote this in December of last year in the MIT Technology Review. So if anyone out there wants to look this up, um, the title of the article is literally, Would You Really Age More Slowly on a Spaceship at Close to Light Speed? And he writes a little article answering the question. So, one, one little paragraph in here is he says, Time dilation goes back to Einstein's theory of special relativity, which teaches us that motion through space actually creates alterations in the flow of time. That's a crazy sentence. Yeah. The faster you move through the three dimensions that define physical space, the more slowly you're moving through the fourth dimension, time, at least relative to another object. Time is measured differently for the twin who moved through space and the twin who stayed on Earth. The clock in motion will tick more slowly than the clocks we're watching on Earth. If you're able to travel near the speed of light, the effects are much more pronounced. So to go back and give a little context, this is the idea. What he's explaining is the idea of the twin paradox. So... And I was talking to Matt a little bit about, about, about this before we started. Words are hard. Words are hard. Um, if, one, if you had a twin brother or whatever, you both have a, a stopwatch or a clock or whatever. The brother, one brother stays on Earth. One brother gets on a spaceship and travels either near the speed of light or at the speed of light towards some distant star and then turns around and comes back. The idea is that the one who was on Earth will have aged faster than the one who traveled on the rocket ship due to gravity's effects on time and acceleration and all this kind of stuff. So, he then goes on to say, um, let's see. So, in your question, an astronaut returning from a space journey at relativistic speeds, which he describes as basically being... Anywhere at least one-tenth the speed of light, so not even at light speed, would, upon return, be younger than same-age friends and family who stayed on Earth. Exactly how much younger depends on exactly how fast the spacecraft had been moving and accelerating, so it's not something we can readily answer. 
But if you're trying to reach an exoplanet 10 to 50 light years away and still make it home before you yourself die of old age, you'd have to be moving at close to light speed. And then he goes on to even mention interstellar. He says, there's another wrinkle here worth mentioning, time dilation as a result of gravitational effects. You might have seen Christopher Nolan's movie Interstellar where the close proximity of a black hole causes time on another planet to slow down tremendously. And he mentions that one hour on that planet is seven years back on home Earth. on Earth. Which or is even, that, even outside of their gravitational pull. Yeah. Um, let me see. I think this last paragraph is kind of interesting too. This form of time dilation is also real, and it's because of Einstein's theory of general relativity. Gravity can bend space-time and therefore time itself. The closer the clock is to the source of gravitation, the slower time passes. The farther away the clock is from gravity, the faster time will pass. I don't know, man. That shit is just really crazy to think about to me. And, and, and when you watch Interstellar, if you don't know that the idea of time dilation is a real thing, you're like... Was he just making this up for the movie, or is this real shit? But based on, I mean, we don't have, they can measure that a little bit here on Earth with like atomic clocks that can get down to things that are like right. even faster than milliseconds and stuff, and measure like if you send one on a plane and, and this one on a plane and go in opposite directions, when they come back, they will have very slightly different times. So you can measure it like a little bit, but we don't have the capability of traveling at light speed, so you can't. You can't do these experiments of like, is a 45-year-old guy going to go travel at light speed, be gone for a couple years, come back, and he's going to be looking 45, and then someone here on Earth who was 45 is now 90 all of a sudden, you know? Like, or dead. Or dead, yeah. Like, we don't, we can't measure things like that or measure how great the distance and all that would be and, and how fast or how slow the time would change because we don't yet have the ability to travel at light speed. But just imagine once that becomes a real thing, because we are, as soon as we have that capability, we're going to start sending astronauts at the speed of light towards other possible ha habitable planets. I'm sure we're going to. I mean, that just seems like a natural progression of space travel. So anyway, that was my little rant about time dilation. For anyone else out there who's interested in it, just Google time dilation and just start reading articles about it. It's an incredibly fascinating theory. Well, and... You know, I don't know how we, you know, I'm no scientist, you know, I'm, I'm no genius as much as I like to think I am. Uh, I might be a smart ass, but I'm not a genius. And um, so I'm just trying to like figure out how one calculated the speed of light. <laughs> That's a good question. Like how the fuck did we, did we sit there with question. a radar gun and be like, all right, turn the light on. Yeah. You know, obviously we couldn't do that. So like, I'm trying to like read through how, and I mean, it'll take me all night to read through it, yeah. but that's a good question because it's. I told you I, I I thought I read before this that they know that light travels at one hundred and eighty two thousand miles right. per second. But I thought when I read that, I'm like, I thought the same thing. Well, how the fuck did we measure that? It's right. how, how do you? I mean, if you think about it, any light you ever have turned on, any it's light instantaneous. The light hits you instantaneously. It's instantaneous, and people go, well, why don't your like why doesn't your light keep going if yeah. it's that fast? And I'm like, well, that's just that's dumb. Like, <laughs> like it just doesn't go forever. Like, that's just dumb. Like, our sun does not reach into you, like you know galaxies far, far away. You know, or if it does, it's just a, a dot. But yeah. but like they say, ninety percent of the stars we see out there are you know suns that have already 
ended life. Like it's they're at the end of their life. They've already exploded yeah. and everything. That's that's something crazy to think about too. That if so, space is so vast and it takes light so long to travel from some of these distances to here. That like they'll see every every once in a while they'll see like a supernova happening or whatever, right. which is like a star exploding or imploding. I'm not sure. And then exactly they're like, oh, that happened is. like nine billion. Yeah, they'll years say, ago. oh, that was that, oh. that actually happened billions of years ago we're just now seeing the light from that event and you're like what yeah want to run that by me again <laughs> i mean it's crazy, insane man. to see that because it's like well how like how the fuck are we calculating this shit like yeah and that, that I, if I don't you have know. any scientists that are listening to this please give us an email i highly doubt there are any scientists we would love to, this, to have you I would on love to have someone have send you us on the shit. episode you That'd know explain all this shit to us because I, I just want literally if we had if we knew somehow someone in our life who was like an astrophysicist I would kill to have them over here turn on the mics and just be like tell me cool shit about space please or tell me what is realistic and what is not realistic yeah. like we broke we can break the sound barrier mm-hmm. and we've done that for you know decades so now I'm sitting there and people are like well one day we'll travel the speed of light and I go you know Star Wars they have light speed yeah how the fuck are we ever going to travel that fast? 6.88, tr- what was it? 6.8 or 5.8 trillion miles in a year? Yeah. One, where the fuck are we going? <laughs> and how are we going to slow down? In that, in that um, universe, too, it seems like everything's close enough that even in traveling at light speed, they can get there in within like a couple minutes. Right. Because they always like, we're going to go light speed. And they punch it into light speed. And then it's like, they talk for a couple minutes and they're like, oh, we're almost here. And then they pull out of light speed and they're like, there. So I'm like, even traveling at light speed, like those things must not be quote unquote that far away. Right. If I they mean, were, it would take you a year to get there, even if you were traveling at light I speed. I mean, say you know? we could travel at light speed. How long would it take us to realistically fully explore like the Milky Way galaxy? The you know, Milky Way, I, I mean, I don't our know. solar system is think, just a small part yeah. of the Milky Way. I think if you literally just went in a straight line from here to Pluto, you could get there, but it would take multiple years. I don't even maybe decades. I don't know, but I think you could do it within the span of like one human lifetime. I'm pretty but sure. I'm saying like, so like the Milky Way is bigger than just our solar system. Oh, you're you're talking about I'm the talking Milky Way, like the or, full galaxy. Okay, like yeah, yeah. how long if we could, you know, travel at the speed? Because I don't know. Because if you think of Star Wars, like, we're bringing Star Wars, and I know it's a very, you know, unrealistic movie in terms... Well, it could be super realistic. We don't know. But it says in a galaxy far, far away, right? So, so it's just a single galaxy. So I have your answer. So they just... Tr- right. But, so, but I'm just going to use Star Wars. Because okay. they say in a galaxy, in a galaxy, yeah. not in multiple galaxies. So Star Wars universe takes place in one galaxy, like the Milky Way. Yeah. So if they travel at light speed, like, I wonder how long if we travel at light speed, or like, it would take us to completely explore the milky way i have an answer for you all right let's hear it (laughs) i googled milky way galaxy diameter and so basically going with ways across right a hundred and five thousand seven hundred light years that's exactly how long it would take (laughs) if we were traveling at the speed of light it would take a hundred and five thousand years just our galaxy just our galaxy so that is and then why you're like, you wake up and you're like, "Woo, we made it, guys! We're out of the Milky Way now." And then you look out your window and you're next to Saturn, <laughs> and everyone's like, "You dumbass!" Like, no, we're not. So then, 
it is just mind blowing <laughs> that we're seeing shit from billions of years ago just now. It's so weird, man. It is the craziest shit to think about. So then, but like, you know, if our sun exploded, we're dead. Yeah, they think that's supposed to happen in another like three billion years. It's supposed to. <laughs> so in our lifetime, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's coming up. <laughs> better, better prepare. You need to be a doomsday prepper. Uh, it's supposedly like always expanding, and it's right. going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So. Before it blows up, we, Earth will have long been like exploded by being right. too close to the sun and being basically like pulverized. But I think they say like in three and a half billion years, it's supposed to explode. Like the sun's going to no longer exist. So then, and some distant planet in a galaxy far, far yeah. away, they'll have seen a couple our of sun. aliens sitting there podcasting are going to see our sun, our sun blow up, supernova. and they'll be like, "Yeah, them motherfuckers blew up billions of years yep. ago, and we'll all have been gone." Yep. That's just, I mean, it's insane to think about how vast space is. Yeah, so I... I or um, it's the greatest myth in human history. Yeah, or it's the biggest con ever in space. We, we, there's so. just one cover. Yeah. We're a bunch of ants in some dude's, like, farm. that <laughs> just puts dots above us. Um, I took a class, actually, in college that was literally about the exploration. It was the search for intelligent life in space, basically. So dope. They exist. And you learn about this thing called the Drake equation and essentially the Drake equation, I could look it up and tell you what it is, but it's like this whole equation of basically the theoretical possibility of how many planets hold intelligent life. And what it does is it has all these variables. So it's like how many stars are out there? And then the next variable is like how many stars have solar systems of planets orbiting it? How many of those stars with solar systems of planets orbiting it have any planets orbiting in a habitable zone like the earth? Out of those, so you keep like whittling down your right. variables, right? So out of those, how many of those planets in those Goldilocks zones of those stars out of the billions upon billions in the universe have had a chance for life to develop? And then out of those, how many have had a chance for life to develop into intelligent life? And so the thing that like there may be at, at whatever we consider to be present moment, zero other forms of intelligent life in the entire universe quite possibly but there either could have been in the past other another planet of alien intelligent life that just they existed came into prominence and then died out billions and billions of years ago before we ever came into existence right. or we're gonna die out and billions of years from now there will be other so like the odds that there are two civilizations of intelligent life that could be existing at the same exact time and contacting each other are so like infinitesimally small that's what like the whole idea of the drake equation is but you also can't rule out the fact because we know nothing oh it's about the infinite universe I, that if i was going to put a bet on it i would put a bet that there is other life in the universe like if cybertron just, just shows up outside of chicago one day yeah. i'm gonna be like the odds of that happening are insanely small, but there are odds. Like, or it's Han real, it's Solo comes possible. rolling in. It's very possible. Han Solo comes rolling in with Bumblebee, and they're about to throw down against fucking Alien and Predator. And It'd be a movie person's like right. wet dream. Let's get ready. Let's get the script writing and <laughs> start this. That's movie the mega up. crossover event of twenty twenty five. Star Trek happens, and they fight Darth Vader, and then Spaceballs comes in, and. I mean, you, all this shit could happen, and you heard it right here on what's the date? On September 3rd at 9.05 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 2020. 2020. 
<laughs> um, you want to hear some cool space facts? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Otherwise, we'll never. Other get than to the cool shit that I've facts. just been random rambling about, everything and about space is cool. A lot, dude, so cool. And all of the space facts that I've said up until this point, um, pretty sure I got them right. But <laughs> also not positive. It's just shit I've read. So we could be completely wrong. You guys should definitely fact check me out there. But it's cool to think about. So um, this is my space to think about. So. <laughs> So this, I found this, this cool website that just had 17 cool facts about space. Number one is space is completely silent. There's no atmosphere in space, so you don't hear any sound. Sound can't pass through any medium. So could you imagine if like, you could take your helmet off in space then? Yeah, you would hear nothing. you hear nothing? Yeah. When it, could, so could you hear other people talk? Uh, I, don't, I guess not. I don't know. Because it says... The, there's no atmosphere in space, which means that sound has no medium or way to travel to be heard. So even if someone was talking, I don't think you would be able to hear it. Because it's not going to travel. Like, here on Earth, I talk, my vocal cords move, they make sounds. Right, they the sounds travel through the air, hit your ears, and you hear me talking. But if there's no air for the sounds to travel literally through, nothing. then I don't think you would hear anything. I, I would just be moving my mouth. So every air. space movie where you hear their engine is fake. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to... I mean, you might be able to hear, like, when there's explosions and shit happening, like, muffled sounds. I don't really know. I don't think... We'd have to can. go to space. We'd have to go to Schedule space. Schedule our trip. Uh, cool fact number two is the hottest planet in our solar system is 450 degrees Celsius. I don't, I don't know what that equates to in Fahrenheit. You could look it up real quick. But it's Venus. Venus is the hottest planet in the solar system and has an average surface temperature of around 450 degrees Celsius. Interestingly, Venus is not the closest planet to the sun. Mercury is closer, but because Mercury has no atmosphere to regulate temperature, it has a very large temperature fluctuation. So 450 degrees Celsius, real quick, is 842 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's pretty hot. You can get a good tan. So when we're complaining about it being 95, like we really don't have any room to talk. 800 yeah. and what? 45? 842. Oh but then again, no one God. lives there, so like... That's true. I mean, if, if someone lives there, by all means, good for you. <laughs> um, fact number three is there may be life on Mars. Of all of the planets in our solar system, apart from Earth, Mars is the only one most likely to be hospitable to life. In 1986, NASA found that they thought... NASA found what they thought may be fossils of microscopic living things in a rock discovered from Mars. Which, if anyone out there has seen the movie Life, that's basically the plot of the movie Life, which is a fucking crazy. By movie. the way, fuck that. Like, if that shit happens, like, we're, that spaceship can go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm shooting missiles at you from Earth. Uh, me and Taya saw that in the theaters, and to this day, that movie scares the shit out of Taya. Like, it Dude, freaks it her out. bothers me, too. It's a weird movie Because then watch. they land in the ocean, and yeah, the fisherman and comes and opens it, and it's like, well, we're all fucked. And now we're dead. Uh, fact number four is nobody knows how many stars are in space. The sheer size of space makes it impossible to accurately predict just how many stars we have. Right now, scientists and astronomers use the number of stars only within our galaxy, the Milky Way, to estimate. To estimate. The number is between 200 and 400 billion stars, and they are estimated to be billions of galaxies, so the stars in space are really completely uncountable. Right, so if there's that many billions of galaxies how many millions of other habitable planets are there with species of potentially a lot so uh and i think i had read one time that there are more stars in the universe than there are grains of sand on all of the beaches on earth yeah 
And and we don't even know how many stars are in it's an estimate of how many yeah. stars. We could count all the sand on Earth. I guess you could. That would be a terrible job. Yeah, hard job. Um, number where five. Are we put it all. Halley's Comet won't orbit past Earth again until 2061. Discovered in 1705 by Edmund Halley, the famous comet was last seen in 1986 and is only seen once every 75 to 76 years. So uh, we're going to be dead the next... Well, we won't be dead. We'll be around. 41 years, man. <laughs> I mean, we might be dead. We I don't could, know. We could very well be dead, but... I, I don't I, hope to be alive. For whatever reason, I, I thought it was like 75 to 76 years from now, but... I'll still be alive. It's 2061. I'll be 101. Dude, who knows? Maybe we'll get like really good, you know, medical technology and like nanobots, and they'll just inject nanotechnology into you that like fixes you. You know what? With how with how just... stupid the human race is, we'll we'll be dead in the next 20 years. Maybe. Let's be real. Um, number six is a full NASA spacesuit costs 12 million dollars. <laughs> I did not know that. Wow. 70 percent of that cost is for the backpack and control module. You just imagine how much money was flushed into NASA back in the space race. A lot. Like I mean, we got rid of NASA for a couple of years yeah. here in the you know for 2000s. a reason. Everyone's like, "Why are we spending that much money on space?" Right, because it's all taxpayer yeah. funded, and now everyone's like, you know, "We don't want to fund NASA." Anymore. We've been to the moon. And yeah, I was like, "Here going, let's fund NASA." Like everyone's like, "Oh, cool, you know, we space. Like we have people who are starving here on Earth, and there's wars and stuff happening. Like I need to pay my rent." <laughs> like, yeah, well, we which is fine, but we, like we want to send someone to Mars. Space is cool. So. Number, fact number seven is neutron stars can spin 600 times per second. Pretty crazy. There's a bunch of other you stuff. You imagine under losing there, gravity on a star. You just have a bunch of like magma go flying off a star into space. <laughs> oh, like a solar flare. <laughs> Those things are terrifying. Yeah, but like, Earth, like, say the sun just quit moving. You know, like how, <laughs> how if Earth quit moving, like oh, we just stopped on a dime. Yeah. We'd literally be like thrown past, past Pluto. <laughs> Like imagine the sun did that. Like we're all dead anyways, so it would right, be, it would right, be right. fine. But like, do you, you ever just see, see like those... magma go flying by? You're like, oh shit. Do you ever see those dumb Instagram posts where it's like, what would you do if this happened? And it's like a picture of like a giant asteroid, like half the size of Earth, like colliding with Earth. And it's like, what do you mean? What would I do? I'd fucking die. That's I, what I would do. Like, one, we'd probably all be like vaporized. Yeah, like I'm not gonna have time to think about. Oh my god, what am I gonna do to survive? This? I'd get no, on a I'm skateboard dead. and try and ride the wave that's about to hit me of this shit. Uh, fact number eight is there may be a planet made completely out of diamonds. Oh. That's pretty fucking crazy. Uh, Imagine the rich motherfucker that's going to find that. Research from Yale University scientists suggests that a rocky planet called 55 Cancri E, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that, which has a radius twice Earth's and a mass eight times greater, may have a surface made up of graphite and diamond. It's 40 light years away, but visible to the naked eye in the constellation of Cancer. So we, could, we could go outside and, and look at the diamond planet. Made up of diamonds. That's insane. And be like, listen, one day some bastard's going to get there. Oh, some rich guy's going to fly there first and like set up shop and, and then charge people like trillions of dollars to get some of the diamonds from that planet. And then Hands some down. other rich guy's just going to blow it up. And yeah. There'll be wars fought over it. I'm calling it now. And then diamonds will be, you know, obsolete and everyone will be like, great. Like, yeah, well, you don't have a space diamond, so... <laughs> <laughs> Matt, if you don't propose to me with a space diamond, this fucking marriage is off, all right? All right. Well, <laughs> Matt's living, like, well I can't living, get to fucking living space. Living that so. single life. All right. Uh, fact number nine. The footprints on the moon will be there for 100 million years. 
The moon has no atmosphere, which means there's no wind to erode the surface and no water to wash the footprints away. This means that the footprints of the Apollo astronauts, along with spacecraft prints, rover prints, and discarded material, will be there for millions of years. So imagine being like Neil Armstrong, like Buzz Aldrin, those guys that, you know, walked on the moon. And you're like, my footprint will be there till the end of humanity. Yeah. And then a fucking asteroid or, like, meteor just hits right there. On your like, footprint. You motherfucker. Like, Damn it! I gotta go back. <laughs> I gotta go back now. You gotta put a foot on the moon. Fact number 10, one day on Venus is longer than a year. Now, this one kind of cooked my brain when I was reading it. Venus has a slow axis rotation, which takes 243 Earth days to complete its day. The orbit of Venus around the sun is 225 Earth days, making a year on Venus 18 days less than a day on Venus. Isn't that confusing? <laughs> so a year on Venus. Because it takes, for it to rotate the planet, to rotate on right. its axis, takes 243 Earth days. But for it to go around the sun, it takes 225 Earth days. So it takes longer for it to rotate once on its axis than it does for it to orbit around the sun. So we'd all be like dead on Venus. That's well, so no. weird. Because it's the same. It's a year. A year is a year. Yeah. No, because our year is... It would seem to us like a year, but the Venus would have rotated one time. Right. Which, on Earth, that's a day, is one axis rotation, right? I thought, and then us orbiting around the sun once is a year. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Space. <laughs> Space, man. Uh, <laughs> now I'm all you're, fucked You're up. looking at me like, how the fuck I know? Um, I think facts, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> we can only hope. You're like, I, I think that's true. I don't know. Fact number 11. Oh, here we go. In 3.75 billion years, the Milky Way and Andromeda galaxies will collide. The Andromeda galaxy is approaching the Milky Way, where our solar system is, at a rate of around 110 kilometers per second. That's 68 miles per second. And eventually the two will collide to form a giant elliptical galaxy. So Man. I don't know what happens when galaxies collide. That sounds kind of crazy. Not, right. Nothing good, probably. Probably the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. This is nuts, this one. Number 12 is if two pieces of the same type of metal touch in space, they will permanently bond. So this incredible fact is also known as cold welding, and it happens because the atoms of two pieces of metal have no way of knowing they are separate. This doesn't happen on Earth because of the air and water found between the two pieces. Yeah, so if you just touched like two metal pipes together, they would just join. You'd see me in space just touching all metal kinds of <laughs> shit together. I'd be like, this is awesome! <laughs> Making sculptures. Like, I'm the best welder ever. And then everyone on my crew would be like, yo, you just fucked us. We're not going home now. Like, so our spaceship is fucked now. So thank you. As we're all floating in space, and I'm like, look at this shit, though. <laughs> it's dope. Number 13 is there is floating water in space. Astronomers have found a massive water vapor cloud which holds 140 trillion times the mass of water in the Earth's oceans somewhere around 10 billion light years away, making it the largest discovery of water ever found. You imagine instead of an asteroid hitting the Earth, a, it's just a massive cloud of water, water just comes <laughs> crashing down. 140 trillion times the mass of water in all of the Earth's oceans. Oh yeah, we would be trillions of feet deep. That's so crazy to me. It's just floating around out there. But I think I'd rather drown like that 
than get hit by an asteroid, to be honest. I wouldn't. I think you're just going to get vaporized. I think. I mean, you would die from the pressure of the water anyways. But, like, it would be cool to look up instead of, like, seeing like, <laughs> a flaming ball of an asteroid. You just see, like, a ball of water. You're like, well. And takes yep. up the whole sky. And you're like, oh, this is not great. And it blotted out the sun. <laughs> I was getting a good tan today. <laughs> Number 14 is the largest known asteroid is 600 miles wide. Discovered by Italian astronomer... Giuseppe Piazzi in 1801, the dwarf planet planet Ceres was the first and largest object to be considered an asteroid. It is located in the asteroid belt between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter and accounts for 33% of the entire asteroid belt's mass. So it's basically they thought it was a planet. They thought it was a dwarf planet. But now they know it's just an asteroid and an asteroid belt. It's 600 (laughs) miles wide. They're like, let's... uh Let's name this a planet. Like, nah, that's that's just a no, rock. That's just a big rock. That's a big <laughs> rock that that we want to stay far away from. All right, number fifteen. The moon was once a piece of the Earth. The theory is that when Earth was a relatively young planet, it was struck by a giant object, and this collision broke a piece of the Earth away to create the moon. This piece then began to orbit the Earth as a result of its gravitational pull. That's pretty cool. I think I learned that in school actually. So. That would have to go in hand in hand and kind of with like the Big Bang theory. Yeah, like the the chaos in the universe of shit right. just colliding into each other and pieces breaking off and forming planets and all that kind of shit. Yeah, nuts. Because isn't like Jupiter or Saturn like one of those? Doesn't it have like six moons? Yeah, I think Saturn has multiple moons. I think because like Europa, I think is one of Saturn's yeah. moons, and they think that that one might have water on it somewhere underneath the icy surface or something. Right. Um. Number 16, the sun's mass makes up 99.86% of the solar system. Made of three-quarters hydrogen and helium for most of its remaining mass, the sun accounts for 99.86% of the mass in our solar system, with a mass of around 330,000 times that of Earth. Yeah, we're small. It's big. (laughs) It's really big. This one's cool. I, I did know about this. I don't know if you've ever heard about the volcano on Mars called Olympus Mons. Have you ever heard of that? So there's a volcano on Mars called Olympus Mons that's three times the size of Mount Everest. It's 600 kilometers wide and 21 kilometers high. It's a volcano on Mars that may still be active, according to scientists. It's the tallest peak of, on any planet. However, they say the Re- Reziflia, I'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce that, central peak on the asteroid Vesta is taller at 22 kilometers high. But yeah, so there's a mountain, uh, or sorry, a volcano on Mars that's three times the size of Mount Everest. Which, I mean, I'm before I die, I will be at the base camp of Mount Everest before, just because I want to be in awe of like that big. Do you ever want to climb out? Oh, I'll never want to climb it, but I yeah. will go to base camp to. That'd be pretty crazy be at the foot of Mount Everest. Like I think about like. Could you imagine, you know, I've, I've talked to my parents about this before. I'm like, could you imagine being like the settlers that came over, you know, if you've ever driven to Colorado from the east, yeah. it's just flat, 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 and then you come over one little crest and you just see mountains. Imagine the first people with like, I mean, that's how Denver, yeah. you've got some asshole that got over and goes, yep. He's like, I, I think right here's good. I think here's good. <laughs> and then you have the other asshole on the other hand that goes, I'm going through the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Good and luck, buddy. Someone, I mean... Imagine doing that to, like, Mount Everest or, you know, that volcano on Mars. Like, imagine being the rover growing and then you go over just, like, a little, like, sand dune on Mars. And you look up and there's just this 
tower of a mountain and you're yeah. like what? three times the size of Everest and Everest is like what 21,000 tw- 29,000 29,000 feet high so it's three times that so, uh, that would be 90,000 feet pretty much wow that'd be out of the a- Earth's they, atmosphere they think I'm it's still sure. active as a volcano dude imagine <laughs> if it was out of like say that was on Earth that, that should probably be out of Earth's atmosphere so like a volcano like that would erupt and it would just shoot like magma into space, it'd be just like an asteroid creator. Whoa! It'd just be like an asteroid cannon. We could aim it at other alien. An planets. asteroid cannon. Imagine though. That'd be fucking crazy. We're like, okay, wait, wait, don't erupt yet. We're almost in line with Pluto. Boom, <laughs> it goes off. So that's all I had for space facts. I talked about time dilation. I talked about my cool space facts. I do have a list of my favorite, or I guess not favorite, but. Space movies that I have seen. I don't know if you want to run through, talk about some space movies or not. Yeah, might as well. So you already covered several of them. Interstellar is my favorite space movie of all time. Um, But here's some space movies that I have seen and that I have some sort of an opinion on. Because obviously I haven't seen all of the space movies ever made. Um, Number one is Moon. You ever seen Moon? It doesn't sound... It's a pretty crazy movie. You should check that out. It's Sam Rockwell, and he's, like, stationed on the moon, and he's supposed to be there manning some sort of a station all by himself until they come back and do something. And I won't say what the spoiler is, but he discovers, like, some grand conspiracy that's, Mm. like, beyond what he was told. It's really cool. Um, 2001, A Space Odyssey. You ever seen seen that? I've seen that one, yeah. That's a trippy fucking movie, dude. Yeah. And especially for when it came out, like in the 60s, that's yeah. a really weird movie, dude. That's a crazy Really movie. weird. But it's one of, like, people rate that as a great Yeah, that's, that's Stanley Kubrick, and that's what people talk about being one of, like, the best movies ever made. I'm not that high on it. I, I saw it just so I could see it and be a part of that conversation. I do think it's, it's cool. It's interesting. But, yeah. like, you watch it, and you're like, it ends, and you're just kind of like, I don't know what to think about what I just saw. It's very, it's very, very weird. weird. Yeah. Um, I have on here just written Alien, so the entire Alien franchise. Those are cool space movies, especially if you like. Again, if we're traveling in space, you, we could literally show up to a planet like that. Where yeah. like, oh, we could make a, a life for us here, and then all of a sudden, we, the we new, stumble across um, them. We talked about this a little bit on our movie franchise episode about the Alien movies, like the new ones not being as good as the old ones. But I don't care, dude. Any time they make a new Alien movie, I'm in. Like, show me. Oh, the trailer has. A spaceship traveling through space and an artificially intelligent like person looking after all the people right. sleeping in cryo tubes, and then they run into a conflict with aliens. I'm sold. I'm watching it. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm gonna be there. I've seen it a million times, but I will watch it again. I don't know. There's just something about that that's just really fascinating. I think. I think we could. Kind of, we'll, we'll probably want to table the alien talk for another alien yeah. episode because we could go on like a binge of all the alien movies and then share our thoughts. Well, aliens are real. That's my thoughts. Maybe not those aliens. And they also built the pyramids for mm. our buddy Brandon, who's out there. Whole another episode. <laughs> too. All right. I have also on here um, Gravity, which I mentioned earlier. That's right. a really cool movie. It's kind of more, it's, it's definitely way less alien. And it's way more The Martian. Right. So it's like kind of grounded. Because it's like space travel that we already have because they're just orbiting the Earth and then like disaster It's a more realistic space yeah. movie. Um, I have on here just Star Wars because all the Star Wars movies are obviously... Right. In space. space movies. Um, Interstellar, which is, as we already covered, in at length, it's my favorite one ever. If you've never seen the movie Contact, it's kind of like 
the I'm not sure when it came out. It may have been even in the 90s. It's like the 90s version of Interstellar. It's a really underrated movie. I think you should check out Contact. Yeah, I don't think chance. I've ever seen that. It's Jodie Foster, and I, I'm not really like a big Jodie Foster fan, but that movie is nuts. It's really good. Um, I have on here The Martian. Obviously, we've talked about that. The movie Event Horizon. Have you ever have you ever seen no, Event seen Horizon? That, no. Dude, Event Horizon is almost like if in Interstellar when they go through the black hole, except for they go through the black hole and end up ripping through their the fabric of their dimension into another dimension where everything is like horror. It's like a horror space movie and it is nuts. See, I don't like horror, so... I don't know if you're going to want to watch that one. You already pushed me away. It is insane, dude. It, I was not expecting that movie to be that crazy. Um, I have on here Guardians of the Galaxy. That takes place in space. That's the, the space you know, space team part for the Marvel. The, yeah. Um, First Man. You ever seen First Man? No, I haven't seen it's the one they, they made. It's like maybe only two years old at this point with Ryan Gosling about... He plays... Was uh, it Buzz Aldrin? He plays Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. About the moon landing. It's pretty right. good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You ever I've seen, seen that? that one. I like that movie. That's funny as hell. Also a great book. Uh, Wally is just... Great. It's probably, a cartoon. It's got to be one of the best Pixar Earth. movies they've made. It's so, so, so good. We rewatched it when Disney Plus came out, and it holds up. It's a great movie. Well, and it might be on your list, but I'll, I'll jump in. You know what movie I also forgot that could be realistic would be Armageddon. Oh, yeah. It's on here, yeah. Armageddon's great. You know, the, the fact that there could be an asteroid that at some point in time we'll have to try and destroy yeah. and hopefully send it around the Earth to, to save humanity, but yeah. I mean... Also, Armageddon's one, really entertaining. Also, at one point, do you go, man, fuck it, let's just all die together. Yeah, like, we can't do anything about it. And yeah, it's like I mean, three weeks away or whatever. I mean, like, literally, what happens if you blow it up? I mean, it's all chance. You could blow it up and... And then a different it, piece A different hits piece still. hits... Or, like, the... Half of it just goes, yeah, right. You, know, yeah. you blew that piece away, but I'm <laughs> yeah. still coming in, Keeps and course. you're all still dead. Um, another one I have on here, it's less of a space movie, but I guess it applies. See, some of these, it, when I when I Google just space movies to have like a list, some of these I feel like we can have the debate on if it's a space movie or not. Like this one has aliens in it, so I guess you could consider it a space movie, but it takes place on Earth. It's Arrival. Have you seen Arrival? Arrival's... It's good. Yeah. That's a, it's kind that's of trippy. a trippy movie. That's a trippy fucking movie. Um, also, Men in Black. I don't know if you could really categorize that as a space movie. It's kind of a space universe movie. It's a space universe. because like, it's all on Earth. Aliens, they know of aliens existing, and it's this secret government organization that like keeps that under wraps, but it all takes place here. But, like, that but could, it is a space movie. I guess that it's a space could, movie. Yeah. Because there's I mean, aliens. I mean, it, yeah, there's probably aliens that live amongst us. Yeah. So, like, if a weird person knocks on your door, don't answer. <laughs> um, Ad Astra. that just came out last year. Have you ever seen yeah, that? Yeah, I've never seen that, no. Um, I just watched it on HBO not that long ago. It's pretty cool. It's not great, but it's pretty cool. Is Tron a space movie? No, because that takes place, like, inside of a video game. I was going to say, it? isn't that, like, it's inside like, of that Yeah, that it looks kind of like it takes place in space, but it's, like, inside of the... I haven't I actually know. really seen Tron. Oh, you know what's a, pieces, a weird space movie, and it could be on your list again? Have you ever seen Ender's Game? Yeah, and I've read the book too. The the and I've read actually like the Ender's Game like quadrilogy, I guess you would call it, the quartet um, of books. And I've seen the movie, and the movie is not as good as the book. I will say, which I know that's like a cliche thing to say, but that is a cool. But, space but talk about concept, like another yeah. realistic opportunity, obviously far future, that we're 
trying or star starship troopers. It's kind of the same thing. Oh, we go yeah. and invade a planet with bugs. Yeah, and we have to try and kill the bugs. Starship troopers. As cheesy and dumb as the I movie haven't might seen be. all it's of it. I've fucking, only seen parts of it, but everyone seems to love Star Trek. I love Troopers. that movie. Um, Star Trek, obviously, that whole franchise. I got Thor Ragnarok on here because a lot of that takes place in space. Passengers, which we've covered at length, and Armageddon, which we already talked about. And then the last couple are Avatar, one of the best movies ever. Another alien. And movie. Life, which we talked about a second ago. But, dude, here's one that was on the list that I totally forgot about that I have rewatched recently for the first time since I saw it as a kid and it's awesome. Have you ever seen Treasure Planet, the animated movie? Yeah, with like the pirate spaceship. Yes. Yes. Dude, it's so good. Yes. It holds up, man. That's like one of the best animated Disney movies that they ever made. It's awesome. So anyway, that was my little rant well, on space movies. All those animated movies from when we, when we were kids held up great you, you always like it's it's a nerve-wracking thing to watch them now as an adult because you're like i hope this holds up i hope it's not like yeah bad and i just was remembering it as a good movie but that one held up dude it's a great movie well it's like space it'll always be there yep so what if that? what would happen if space disappeared whoa it's like whoa, it's like rip joint hey bro what happened if like now check this out Space disappeared. <laughs> You're like, dude, but I was like, whoa. But like, what if, like, what if the universe is a part of something else? You well, know? like at the end of, uh, I forget which Men in Black movie it is, but they like keep panning out and zooming out and zooming out, and it turns out like our universe is a marble in this alien's hand, and right? He's like and he's rolling like marbles rolling and then puts them into a little bag. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, we could, oh, God, our universe could crazy. be a universe yeah. within a universe within, you know. Space, dude. Space, man. We could literally talk about space if we were smart enough on it for Yeah. And like hours. I said, this is just two guys knowing literally no scientific evidence about space but whatsoever. Being fascinated but just being by fascinated it. by it and just reading lots of stuff on it and uh, wishing re regurgitating those facts. And yeah, wishing that all the crazy shit was actually real. Except for Event Horizon, because fuck that. That was scary. Yeah. Um, never watch it, but. Yeah. Any other thoughts on space before we wrap this up? No. Hopefully one day we can all go to space. I think that would be sick. Maybe we could record a podcast on a space flight someday. If this we'll, podcast we'll is still the, going. We'll be the point. first ever. No, Joe Rogan will be the first no, ever. No, no, no. We're, we're going to be bigger than Joe Rogan. Because <laughs> we're going to get sponsored by Body Armor. And Coca-Cola. <laughs> Michelob Ultra. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. He's going to beat us there. I have a feeling. So should we Although we're younger. We're, we, got, yeah, we, we have to jump we on We might outlive him. Yeah. But he's got more money. Way more money. He's got more viewers. Yeah. He's got a bigger reach to like Elon Musk. Like maybe if Elon Musk gets a hold of this, like yeah. if any of our listeners out there, close relatives or friends with Elon Musk, you he know, doesn't have time to come to our podcast. I promise. I don't think he. No, I'm not asking to come to our podcast, but I'm willingly to. Oh, I'll, to, I'll get on a spaceship and go to space oh, for yeah. him, and then record a podcast in and space. record a podcast in space. Yeah, and he'll be like, "I'm pretty sure this thing's not going to crash, but you guys can get after it up there." <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, put me on like the flying Tesla or whatever that you want to launch into space, and we'll do a podcast in the Tesla. How insane is it that there's a Tesla floating through space right now? How insane is it that we could do a podcast on the Tesla in space? Even more insane than the fact that there's a floating one in space. Elon. We know you're listening. <laughs> Hit us up. Just throwing it out there. All right. Well, unless you have anything else to add, I think that about wraps up our space conversation. So I hope you all out there have enjoyed our conversation. Um, again, like we've said many times, this is the Just Browsing Podcast. 
We like to talk about just a bunch of different random topics, movies, TV shows, space, space movies, sports, whatever it is. If you have a cool topic you want us to talk about, please write in, email in, uh, go comment comment on YouTube. Facebook. Yeah. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotter. 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 Yeah, we're on Spotter. We got a Spotter. Spotify. uh, Podbean. Podbean. Yeah. So anywhere out there that you want to get your podcast, um, go leave a comment, rate, subscribe. And we'll uh, yeah. we'll be back for you next week. We'll probably be back next with maybe what, like an NBA playoff Maybe another update. NBA playoff yeah. update. Because round one is officially done now. So Round one is officially done. Um, round two is in full swing yeah. already because the East has already played multiple games. Yeah. The West but. is kind of a little bit behind because – Lakers and the Clippers advanced real early, and then the Nuggets and the Rockets took a while. They went game seven. So, yeah, those ones are just just getting started. But, yeah, we'll probably be back with an NBA playoffs update, hopefully. Maybe with Brandon. Maybe with Brandon. With our special guest. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening uh, to our Space Talk. We'll talk to you tomorrow next, uh, next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.